you would be enthusiastic about staying at your job if you were really happy. I think that's part of the problem is that we keep doing the same thing. Putting our teammates first, putting our team first as individuals, making sure that we show how caring we are as a, a group. We've always had the philosophy that employees should be looking at the culture fit. And we as organizations should look at the culture fit as well. For flexibility for someone's job, what you are actually saying is, I trust, I value you, not just as an employee at our company, but you also have value as an individual. Welcome to The Human Factor, where we talk people, culture, and resources for humans. talks with Jump Crew's Dan George about hybrid models, strong culture, recognition, and productivity. Thanks for tuning in again to The Human Factor. I am your host, Cole Evans. I'm excited to dive into our conversation today with Dan George. Good morning, Dan. It's morning here where we are recording, maybe not to where you're listening. How are you doing today? Doing very well. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Uh, To our audience, to our listeners, viewers on YouTube, uh, Dan George heads up all that is chief people officer at uh, the large company we know here in Music City. You've probably heard of them, Jump Crew, sales and marketing company. Got a lot of questions to ask you about uh, that company. You started your own company, Piper Key, which was acquired by Jump Crew just a few years ago. What a, a an awesome thing that uh, experience was uh, must have been. Adjunct professor, uh, professor at Owen Graduate School of Management. Uh, you, you've gotten, it looks like a couple of adjunct professor things going here, which are really cool. Data science teams. So you're an analytic nerd like I am. And oh, yeah. I see you did about five years before that uh, at our newest partner, Bridgestone, which is really, really great. Uh, Dan, thanks again for taking the time out to be with us um, uh, and have conversations about all things people. So thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah, happy to be here. Excited. So let's let's give our audience a little bit of an understanding of kind of the bullet points of Jump Crew. Okay, um, sure. how many offices do you guys have? How many locations do you have? Just give us the 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 bullet points of what Jump Crew is all about. Yeah. Uh, so perfect. Uh, we are headquartered here in Nashville. Uh, our office is located in the Metro Center, so just like north up on. Uh, uh, Rosa Parks. Uh, we've got uh, a pretty big space here. Uh, overall, we have about 300 employees um, and about half are remote uh, and then half are here at our location. Uh, we do a hybrid schedule. So Mondays and Fridays at home and Tuesday through Thursday are in the office. So we've, we've got a lot of a lot of people coming in the office Tuesday through Thursday, but you know we're all connected all week long. Um, like you said, sales and marketing firm. Uh, we do a lot of uh, stuff with our, our clients, both the small business all the way up through enterprise. Um, our, our our focus is to deliver outsourced sales and marketing. Uh, you know, from lead gen and demand gen all the way through sales execution. So uh, it's an exciting exciting space to be in, and, and one where the chief people officer is quite important, given the fact that we're a services firm and our people uh, are our most important asset, as they're the ones. Yeah, that drive drive the impact uh, for our clients. Yeah, that's that's um, that's very interesting, Dan. I've, I've got to ask. So, when you were acquired, um, how many employees did you have? Uh, we were just a couple. Um, so, just a couple. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so, when you came pretty- into the role here at uh, at Jump Crew, my my question is, 
because I see you started the role there just the beginning of this year, right? First quarter, second quarter, April yep. of, of this year. Let's talk about, educate our audience, for those that have teams of your size or, or can see their trajectory of where they're going, talk talk to us about this schedule. I, I like that it was very defined. Uh, a lot of businesses are still defining um, what remote looks like for their workers, what hybrid looks like. They're still in our world in many different conversations from enterprise type clients uh, to multi-location financial uh, customers on the West Coast, right? And, and all of people in between. Uh, hybrid, trust, uh, a lot of these things are kind of coming to the forefront. Talk to our audience about your half of your team being remote. Why is that half? Uh, and then how did you come up with Monday and Friday at home? Was that feedback from the team or was it really kind of a top down? This is this is what we really need to happen. Yeah, no, those are great questions. And, and one that, you know, we continually focus in, in trying to understand how our teammates, um, you know, can perform at their best. I mean, that's that's the goal. That's the the root, uh, you know, the root analysis that we did is how do we, you know, understand the changing appetites of uh, you know the workforce uh, in general, right? We went through a pandemic. Um, you know, prior to me joining, uh, you know, Jump Group was fully remote. You know, throughout the pandemic, uh, which seemed to work okay, but didn't have a lot of other options. But as we started to kind of look at getting back to the office, our focus was okay. How do we pull you know the the teammates back in so that they start learning from each other, they start networking, they start um, you know getting those touch points uh, with leaders a little easier, and you know we came. To the conclusion that you know Tuesday through Thursday was kind of our our, our hotspot, uh, and again it, it it wasn't you know a pure top down decision. It was you know something that we worked you know with all of our teammates and coworkers to try to figure out what would work best. Um, and you know we're you know still I would say on a monthly basis kind of talk about how that's working for us because you know for us we're a very much performance oriented organization. So we're always looking at you know always looking at our numbers, always looking at kind of what's been accomplished. Um, and then trying to weigh that with, you know, providing a, a lifestyle to our, you know, our teammates that, you know, they can do the things they need to do at home, um, but also, you know, kind of get that in-person personal touch with their leaders, with their other team members. Um, and again, uh, another big thing for us is just personal development um, and making sure that our teammates are kind of always growing, gaining skills. And so the hybrid seems to work uh, really well for us uh, at this point. And then again, provides that balance. And I'll say, you know, kind of one point on just identifying that balance is that, you know, throughout the pandemic, I think a lot of people really began to reassess uh, and appetites change for, you know, what aspects of, you know, the work-life balance that they want to meet. And, you know, kind of the Monday, Friday allows people to do their things at home and, you know, schedule appointments, go to the doctor and see the dentist. And now they have kind of those, those two focus days to be able to do that. But, uh, you know, again, our, our, our biggest thing is when you're here Tuesday through Thursday, you know, we kind of ask that you're here, you're engaged. Uh, and we have a lot of um, activities, lunch and learns uh, and stuff that we do Tuesday through Thursday that kind of keeps the, you know, the, the incentive to come into the office uh, sure. greater too. So, you know, a lot of that is you know, predicated on just, again, joining while you're here. Let's actually talk with your, you know, talk with your teammates, your coworkers. Um, with leadership, you know, and, and, you know, build that network, you know, within the organization. And, and, you know, again, ultimately, if it kind of comes down to it, make sure that our culture is what we need it to be to perform for our clients and customers. 
It's very, very well said, Dan. Uh, I really like how you talked about what you guys are doing to engage on Tuesday through Thursday. My immediate next question is, do you find that you really leave, for the lack of better terms, I guess, do you leave people alone on Monday and Friday, or is there still this level of engagement from either your office or from their their direct uh, managers that are keeping them engaged as we all are trying to define on Monday and Friday, or is it really, we really focus on the, this 80% of the week, this, this three day period where, you know, we really want them to be engaged. They're coming in, et cetera. We leave them alone on Monday and Friday, Monday and Friday. Talk to us about that. We don't put a ton of guidance around what, you know, overall people need to do on, on Mondays and Fridays. It's not, we don't have like a no meeting Mondays or a no meeting Fridays or anything like that. We, we leave that up to the team leads, you know, the sales managers, directors, VPs, et cetera, you know, for them to work with their own teams and design what works best for them. You know, again, with a lot of our, uh, our input and data on our workforce comes, you know, through the, the, uh, the notion of kind of looking at our data and analytics, what's been accomplished, what tax tasks have been accomplished, we have a really good idea of, of of the performance. And again, for us, Monday and you know Monday and Friday is the same type of performance day. Uh, it just depends, you know, what you need to get done uh, and and how you do it. So uh, we again, our focus is really for our you know our teammates to figure out that balance for themselves and and with their teams uh, and execute as, as they see, you know, the need. Um, one other kind of point to make on that, you know, since half our, of our employees are remote, you know, five days a week, uh, we certainly, you know, work with them on, on engaging them throughout the week as well. So we've got remote only uh, uh, things for the people. We've got, you know, some trivia stuff, uh, but then we also, you know, we push very heavily the inclusion of our um our remote workforce. So anything that we do in office throughout the week, we always either uh, host or or provide kind of remote access, you know, via camera. So all of our uh, all of our meetings and all of our trainings are set up such that you know anyone can attend. So even if you're you know here in the office and want to attend in the middle of the week um, via via camera, you can do that as well. What do you, so from owning your own business, uh, a couple to uh, speaking to um, uh, college goers, if you will, in, in, in the aspect of Vanderbilt, you know, um, higher education, sure. talk to us a little bit about, I see that we, we share uh, gray in our hair. So let's talk about, we're, we're big on our uh, LinkedIn lives, our science team of IO and clinical psychologists are having conversations right now about the generational breakdown, generational preferences. Sure. We put out a culture report uh, a year ago based on a, um, we took the labor department statistics, balanced them by generations, and then did a survey to align with that breakdown. So we didn't just do an end sample of 18 plus or 50 plus, but we aligned it with the with what the work the labor department was said was the workforce currently. This was last sure. year, and so uh, we we surveyed 2,501 active uh, actively working or unemployed but actively looking uh, people, and it was very interesting the information that came back. You know, I think at 72, 73 percent of people holistically told us that they have worked at a place that they knew was a bad fit. Uh, yeah. We also know that. People will stay. I won't mess up the the stats and tell you, but it's basically double. They will stay double when they just like the atmosphere of their job. Sure. Um, I, I, my point here is when it comes to baby boomers and uh, valid, not validating, uh, prioritizing what 
uh, and again, if we paint a broad brush, we'll say is the the all coveted 401k, right? While uh, a younger individual is prioritizing their commute and workplace culture, as we found, uh, as more important than say a 401k. Not that it's not important; it's just right. more important to them. So, let's um, with that context, talk to me a little bit about. In the, from you see different people in different aspects of their life, right? From new yeah. hires of your 300 employees to people that have been there since the beginning, people like yourself that have gone through different experiences. Uh, now you're in a people role. That's that's so awesome. To talking to people in higher ed, what uh, what do you believe is, I would say, both a challenge with companies that have generational differences within their company sure. uh, to the the flip side of that coin, Dan, which are what are opportunities that companies really need to wrap their heads and, and and their teams around when it comes to the diversity of generations and the attributes that brings to their team as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I love this question simply because there's typically a lot of discussion around it. And a lot of it is, you know, led or predicated on, you know, anecdotal observations, right? So they, you know, people kind of tend to pick, you know, very close, you know, situations from their you know, you know, their purview or perspective or, or just their sphere. Uh, and what I've kind of collected, at least, I mean, gosh, over almost two decades is any type of work, you know, for an individual is always, you know, is always going to be personal to them. Uh, so it takes into account, you know, what they want out of their career, uh, what they want out of, you know, their location, whether they're remote or hybrid or, or in office, you know, what they want out of, you know, uh, a workplace environment. And so for us, we've found that having a strong culture of learning, development, growth is, is key for us because, you know, we do hire kind of younger tenured um, you know, teammates into the organization. A lot of them might come in with a year or two, some come in with, you know, 10 or 15 years, but you know, for the most part, they're looking for development, they're looking for culture, they're looking for friends, they're looking, you know, for an environment that they can grow and move to the next step. And so we focus and are, are continually focusing on how do we deliver that experience, you know, to that, you know, to our teammates. And so a lot of that is you come in, we've got, you know, weeks of training uh, on your first, uh, on your first, you know, month or more. Uh, we have continued development throughout. We have lots of lunch and learns. We have lots of, of, of you know, other kind of meet and greets. We even we partner with uh, a vendor called Circles, um, and that is a kind of a peer to peer cohort networking group. So it can be cross functional uh, depending on whether you're you know corporate on you know different business units. But we bring those people together. Uh, they talk about their experiences. They learn you know from each other, but they're also cross-functional, so able to gain some perspective and understanding of different parts of the business. So again, focusing on learning, focusing on developing, um, and kind of growing, you know, growing our teammates, their skill sets, and giving them opportunities, you know, to those that want to lead teams, uh, to lead teams, those that want to, you know, be promoted into sales managers and directors, uh, provide those opportunities, and, and you know, need be, you know, kind of switch from the, the different groups uh, or different functions uh, within the business. We believe that kind of builds a uh, a workforce and a culture that, again, promotes development and growth, which ultimately, you know, returns better results for our clients and customers. 
I, I immediately am, you see me here writing notes. I'm uh, writing down uh, one of our previous episodes is with the vice president of product of Bonusly, a recognition platform, sure. Andrew Brinkman. And um, it, it's, he talks a lot about praise versus recognition. And so mm-hmm. you're, you're talking about the onboarding and, and the different generations. I'm immediately thinking about, you know, aside from prioritization of what I want from my job, there's also a prioritization and a differentiation of how certain behavioral styles and aside from generation, how they want to be praised or recognized. Right. And it's this whole other level. I say in many conversations as we're in our hybrid office uh, here, um, some people want you to come up and talk about the picture of their kids on their desk. They want this warm and fuzzy connection. And I I shouldn't even say warm and fuzzy for for that behavioral style. That's what's needed. And and there has to be respect there. Uh, when it comes to, to your point, your people are your product, right? When it comes yeah. to sales and marketing, yes, we have our tools of doing the things, but the people are the product. Um, so I appreciate you sharing information there. Um, let's talk about kind of closing out here. I really, really great uh, information. What do you believe? Uh, let, let's, I love a, a good forecasting uh, conversation, Dan. What do you believe is going to be one of the biggest hurdles for companies um, coming up. Now, we, we've all, no matter the size of the company, no matter if you are an executive or a company or if you are in college, no matter where you are in, 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 uh, on the ladder, if you will, or on the spectrum, uh, the question is, we've all gone through the last few years. We've all seen what work used to look like and what it looks like today. We have companies uh, like your uh, former employer, Bridgestone, who I love to uh, bring up, you know, pushing 17,000 employees comfortably headquartered right here in Nashville, dropping over 100,000 square foot uh, of office space and still hiring, right? So I I always put that caveat in there because for me, if I again paint a broad brush, that's a company that gets it. Not about reducing the space and all the things, but if you're reducing space, it usually means you're reducing people, but they're growing people, right? In certain departments. So let's talk a little bit about what what is in in your lane, if you will, what is growth and, and additional challenges or points that we're really going to have to come to in the next few years? And I'm specifically directing the question, Dan, when it comes to hybrid and remote work. It sounds like you guys have, have got a pretty good model here that works. In conversations I'm having on a regular basis, a lot of and in and, and, and conference after conference, it's a consistent point that's being brought up that companies haven't they haven't been able to fully deal with yet. I don't think collectively the business community has been able to deal with it, but I always say anyone that's hearing content or seeing content for me is very tired of hearing me say this, but I always point my finger to our founder's office because in there is a whiteboard wall. And the first three words on that wall are trust, challenge, and win. And I always say this in these conversations. For me, I think when you peel back, if you do the five whys, right? If you peel back all the reasons, it's because people don't really trust the people they've hired, right? If you, if I trust everything about Dan, it really doesn't matter the other things, right? Yes, yeah. the recognition, yes, the attaboys, yes, the accountability, all the things. But at the core of the core, if I trust you, I know you're going to do the job. You trust I'm going to pay your bill and give you a great environment, whatever that dynamic is. Let's talk a little bit about what um, what that's like in your world and what does growth look like in your world in the next couple of years? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for us, you know, our you know, our profile, our candidate profile, really, you know, our teammate profile really focuses 
on performance, probably first above everything else. If you're an individual that enjoys, likes a competitive environment, likes to, likes to hit goals, likes to hit milestones. I mean, this is, you know, you know, jump crew is, is, is a company for you. And what I mean by that is, you know, there are certain people that, you know, like to go to work, but work is not, you know, work is not part of their, you know, uh, intrinsic being, you know, they, they, they go to work because they have to pay bills and, and that's that. Sure. Um, we tend to focus on people that, you know, really want to advance, really want to grow like that competition. Um, and that's, that's work for us. Um, our trust, you know, with our candidates and, you know, and, and our, our teammates starts with, you know, this performance expectation. I you know, have a lot of these conversations as well. Uh, and I would say, you know, there's a lot of focus, you know, on, on culture, which is great. Um, and there's a lot of focus on, uh, on kind of hybrid and how, and how to get people to perform. But if you're aiming at performance, have a great culture, and then kind of joining those two with leveled expectations, mm-hmm you're setting your people up for success because they know what they have to do to perform, but they also have the expectations of, you know, kind of what type of culture this is, uh, what type of workplace environment it is, what type of people we hire here. Um, and so when you combine those two together with, you know, level setting expectations, you know, at, at, obviously that's different for each level that tends to drive people that really know what they want. And when they, you know, they work here and, you know, they start a career here, they understand what it takes to, you know, to do well here. Um, and then, you know, sometimes uh, as with every place, right. Uh, if that doesn't work out, we, you know, we simply know when, um, you know, when to separate and that that's fine too. Uh, you know, and companies like us, if you're focusing on performance, you've got a great culture where people feel like they can bring their full self to work, do, you know, do their job, perform well, develop and grow. That's really comes down to having very clear expectations of, of what it takes to you know be a part of this uh, part of this organization, and so that's again what we're constantly monitoring, focusing on, and adjusting uh, so that our teammates and candidates know that very well. Dan, it sounds like uh, to put a pin in it that uh, setting clear expectations and just clear communication. I, I can't. I go back to this this sandbox and boundary oh, you're going to get off this call and say to your team like what the hell are these other companies doing <laughs> like uh i like the guardrails that you put up and that they're very defined and i think clear expectations aligns uh a lot with uh trust and uh, people get a lot of these things uh inherently when they're clearly communicated when expectations are set they know what they're signing up for in your yeah. world that's that's uh highly competitive uh saying that up front versus getting someone in and being a bad culture fit them seeing that it's a highly competitive space that everyone else is really enjoying but they're the odd person out um uh, is is not a recipe for success yeah. right so uh and if, if, if I could just make one more comment on the expectations piece, and, and this is probably the, the, the struggle that a lot of companies go through, is that leadership might have expectations, but the communication aspect of relaying those expectations, you know, down the chain, uh, you know, to the, you know, any type of worker, um, sure. whether it's 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 mid management or you know kind of all the way down to your early tenure, you know entry level, it's 
developing your people to be able to have those expectation conversations um, in a, you know, not what we kind of classically call confrontational, but, you know, an honest conversation. And the most difficult part is typically when someone isn't meeting those expectations or we need to adjust those expectations. And that conversation is such an important aspect, but it takes, you know, a very clear culture of relaying that feedback, understanding that, you know, any kind of development, there's always going to be refinements and adjustments. And that by just having that conversation to adjust and change, you know, isn't some horrible, tough conversation. It can be a lighter, easier discussion. Uh, and that finesse uh, of those expectations and, and, and kind of confrontations on, on performance is really tough. And so we're focusing a lot on how do we help our managers have those conversations? You know, what's, what's a, you know, an example script they can use? Well, you know, what are the words, the narratives, the verbiage that, you know, can help encourage someone, um, but also, you know, to, to have that tough conversation, you know, again, if, if they're not performing, but then come out of it with, you know, a new, you know, a new vigor, uh, a new, uh, a new drive uh, to change and to grow. Um, and that's, that's tough, but when it happens and when you see it happen, it's probably one of the most satisfying parts uh, of my job. That's awesome, man. If you have liked what you've heard today, uh, definitely check out the links below. We're going to connect you with Dan George. You'll uh, have all of his links below. Again, Chief People Officer at Jump Crew. You can follow Jump Crew. Again, all the links are in the show notes below. Uh, please do me a favor. I think it's about 45 seconds. Go to all the buttons that you know they are and hit the subscribe button. If you've liked this episode or any others, please leave us a comment. Most people don't know, Dan. I'm going to tell you. I know you know. Uh, hitting subscribe and simply leaving a comment and submitting it allows the podcast to open up to many, many more listeners. So please do that. Again, talked about all things from um, 300 uh, employees, 50% of them being workforce, book ending the week with uh, live your own life, but get some things done uh, right. for uh, work-life balance on Monday and Friday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Bring your complete self, uh, engage, and, and be fully on board here at the team. Uh, again, Dan, thank you so much for your time. Thank you all for listening to The Human Factor. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you. And if you're on YouTube, go to that button. Maybe it's there, maybe it's there, I'm not sure. And uh, make sure to subscribe to the channel. Dan, thank you very much. Thank you, Cole. Appreciate you having me.